Our scripture reading is from Isaiah 49. It is the second of the servant songs that we're looking at during this Holy Week time. Uh, I'll read the scripture in just a moment, but I want to give you a little bit of background to it. Jesus often spoke when he was here about how he came from the Father. He had been sent by his heavenly Father, and he seemed to insist upon it. Uh, he would tell the people that I was with the Father, the Father and I are one, but he sent me to you. And over and over in the Gospels, Jesus tried to emphasize that notion of him being sent. Well, that's what a missionary is. It's the word shalak in the Hebrew, the word apostolos in the Greek. And each of these words mean one who is sent. One who is sent on a mission. One who is sent with a message. One who is sent to do a particular work. Sometimes it's called a visitation. Jesus was sent by the Father on a mission to earth. And listen how he describes it in uh, some of his quotations. He said, anyone that receives me receives him, that is the Father, that sent me. Jesus said, I must preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, for I was sent for this purpose. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In John, speaking to a rather hostile audience, he insisted, He, the Father, sent me. And then in John 17, when Jesus prayed that prayer, that we know is the great high priestly prayer, several times in it he mentions in speaking to the Father. He says, that the world may know thee who has sent me. Jesus insisted that he was a missionary. He had been sent. He is an apostle. And that was his mission. Isaiah puts this whole thing together in a beautiful, poetic way. And we find it in the 49th Psalm, especially the first half dozen verses there, which is our scripture reading, and I'm going to read it for us in just a minute. But this is an interesting presentation, very poetic, very beautiful. There's a lot in it. We'll notice a few things, and that's all we'll have time for. But this is the counsels of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, as they plan to execute the plan of salvation that would save the entire human race as a race from sin and provide atonement for those very people that the Father had chosen and that the Son was going to die for and that the Spirit would infallibly bring to faith. And it's a conversation. And we'll see it as it flows. Listen to it. It's, first of all, the speaking. Verse 1 there. Listen to me, O coastlands. That means all the nations. And give attention, you peoples, from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he laid, hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. This is Christ speaking of his mission. And his mission is a worldwide mission. 
And he asks, even demands, a hearing from the world. The Father himself, when Jesus was on earth, on one occasion said, This is my beloved Son. Hear him. So he says, Give ear and listen to me. He says, He called me from my mother's womb. This is a virgin birth. This was the very beginning of Jesus' humanity on earth when he was conceived a little bitty cell all the way through to a full-grown man, perfect in humanity in every way. This is Jesus' mission. Verse 3 speaks of his preparedness. He made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shout of his hand. He hid me. He's polished me. Uh, he's po made me as polished arrows in his quivery, quiver he hid me away. This is speaking of the, the weapons that are effective. It's the polished arrow that will fly straight and true with the least amount of friction in the air as it sails. The sword that is hewn to the very honed, I mean to the very sharpness that will be effective. He will be as a warrior. He will be as an archer. He will be effective. But notice all of a sudden, verse 3, he said, He said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I will be glorified. If we had a lot of time, we could necessarily talk about how important it is to see that Jesus Christ is Israel. Out of Egypt have I called my son. God called Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's name was Israel. He raised all the, the whole history of, e, of Israel is pointing to the work and the person of one man, Jesus Christ. He's the focus. He is the true Israel of God. He is the exact seed of Abraham. And it is in him that God has focused his work in humanity. God is sending forth in his mission a new Adam a new creation. He's starting over. He's going to collect a new race of people and he's preparing for them a new heaven and a new earth. God has a massive and incredible eternal program in mind and Jesus is the one who is to execute it. What a grand and glorious thought. But then look at verse 4. But I said, this is Jesus now speaking, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity, yet surely my right is with the Lord and my recompense with my God. Jesus' own grasp of what he was to do was it wasn't going to be too much to it. He was going to live in a dusty little country. He was going to be rejected by most of the people he's preached to. He was going to eventually be mocked, scourged, crucified, buried. It's not going to come to much. Three times there's this notion of vanity. That's the word Abel, Abel. Got his name from, from that. It means vanity, it means nothing. There's a sense in which if you look at it analytically and compare it to so many lives of other great men on earth, Jesus didn't have all that much of a life or a ministry or of an accomplished work or much to show for what he had done when he left. He returned to the dust of death. He had borne the sins of us on the cross and he, he goes into a tomb. He meets the fate of all mankind. So from a human perspective, when you ponder it, it doesn't seem like too much of an accomplishment. But then the Lord speaks. And the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb of my servant to bring Jacob back to him, 
that Israel might be gathered to him. Israel is the people of God, the chosen people of God. This is the remnant of Israel. And out of the remnant of Israel become a believing group of God's people. And joined into them will be people of every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every ethnic group on earth. All the Gentiles, the wild olive branches, Paul calls them, are grafted back into that one true vine, that one true tree trunk that had grown out of the dead stump of Jesse, David's father. And Jesus came to rebuild the tabernacle of David and to raise up a, th a king to sit upon the throne of David. And all of this is being accomplished. God is coming in this Christ to save the earth. But I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. Jesus is in his humanity, like us, recognizes in and of himself, in his humanity, he was weak. It was empty. It was vain. His labor was in vain, but with God being his strength, he would accomplish everything that was needed for our salvation. He would bring reconciliation. He would bring atonement, redemption, restoration, forgiveness of sins, appeasement, peace. Justice would be satisfied. Holiness would be vindicated. All of God's righteousness would be manifest and worked out so that Christ, as our sacrifice, God would be just, a righteous judge, and the justifier of the ungodly. So God is working it all out. But He says, and this is the Lord now speaking of the Christ, He says, Is it too light a thing that you should be my servant? <laughs> That's a father talking to a son if I've ever heard it. Son, let me give you a perspective on this. You may think it's empty. You may think it's vain. You may think it's, it's for naught. You may think it didn't accomplish anything, but is it a light thing to be my servant? God is saying, you do my will and we'll make it happen. We'll save the lost. We'll redeem, we'll restore and Jesus uses language all the time in the Gospels that he is, a, he is an apprentice to his father. My father works and I work. I follow my father's will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Lo, in the volume of the book it's written of me, I have come to do thy will, O Lord. That was Jesus' attitude. That was Jesus' position. And here the father is giving him this, this encouragement to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. This idea all through the scripture, those that have escaped, those that are, are, are uh, uh, kept and left over, those that are preserved, the refugees, the remnant, those that have escaped the punishments are God's people. God has brought them as it were through the fire. I love that old song that says, God leads his dear children along, some through the valley, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. The death Christ died was his mission. He came to do that. And listen to this concluding remark. 
I will make of you a light for the nations. I am the light of the world, says Christ when he comes. And my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. That's the way God saves sinners. Is he sent a missionary who was a savior to save sinners. Listen to the way John, St. John puts it in his little letter at the end of the New Testament. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. A couple of sentences down, John again says, But we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Oh, by the way, Jesus said this statement, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Go into all the world, to all the nations, to, to all the coastlands, to all the peoples. It's right here in this text. That's our privilege, is to do what John says. We've seen and testify the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Go, tell the world what God has done for them in Christ. Let us continue worshiping the Lord with a time of silent prayer. <clears throat>